This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I am a food addict from Michigan, and I am your leader for this hour. After a moment of silence, will you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I have some pictures here that I'd like to share. I'll start off with my, with my numbers. Um, I came into this program in September of 2002 Uh, I was 42 years old. I tell people I wasn't really expecting to see 43. Um, I wasn't sure exactly how much I weighed, but um, I'd go to my doctors, and my doctor, uh, you know, had a nurse that would do the normal check-in routine, and she would write on my chart 350 plus. The scale in the doctor's office only went up to 350 pounds. So in my mind, I thought I was 350 pounds. Later, as I... Um, was able to to get a sponsor in this program and get to a scale that would weigh me, I found I was well over 430, 440 pounds. Um, So I was 42 years old when I came in. Um, I was on two different blood pressure medications. My body and my joints just ached. Uh, I couldn't walk 20 yards without being out of breath, Um, just physically beaten, Um, very, very depressed, full of self-hatred, self-loathing, anxiety, fear-ridden, very isolated. Um, You know, my life was just just in in total turmoil. Um, I uh, uh, was um, introduced to F.A. um, after um, many, many years of battling with weight, Um, by a a good friend that knew me from a couple of other 12-step programs that I had attended. Um, But to backtrack, you know, I I really believe that I was always a food addict. Um, Some of my earliest memories um, were around food and how I used it to comfort, avoid, escape, soothe. Um, I was raised in in a home of, you know, very loving uh, middle-class parents, um, you know, uh, in kind of um, uh, de- the, de- the metro Detroit area. Um, I was, uh, you know, well, we were well provided for. We had everything we, we needed. But um, my family, as, as, you know, my story will tell, um, is kind of uh, rampant with addiction. My uh, father was an alcoholic, and in my uh, early ages, he was um, uh, um, 
he used alcohol to do the same things that I used alcohol later in food um, uh, to, to cope with life. Um, when you're in an alcoholic home, there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of um, uh, worry, there was just always this other sense that, you know, something was going to happen, so, you know, so there was always fear behind that with me. Um, what I found, though, was that food was very, very helpful in um, helping to curb and, and avoid those feelings. Um, you know, when, when I was five years old, one of my early memories, um, I had two younger sisters, and Saturday morning, um, you know, the, the parents would sleep in, my mom and dad would sleep in, and the kids would get up and watch cartoons. Well, my youngest sister was about one at the time, maybe, maybe one and a half, and she was in her crib, and she woke up crying, and um, my parents didn't hear her. I heard her, of course, and being the oldest, I went to the cupboards in the kitchen, and I uh, grabbed a box of the breakfast stuff and dumped it in her crib because I associated that with being... I associated that with being, you know, comfort, and that would quiet her and help her. Um, you know, I uh, uh, was 125 pounds when I was five years old, um, and I know that because it's a distinct memory. Um, I went to the, my parents had taken me to the doctor, and my doctor said, hey, you're, you're 125 pounds. Well, I thought that was cool. You know, I thought, oh, 125 pounds, I'm a growing boy. And after the doctor's appointment, I ran to my grandma, all excited, and told her, you know, hey, grandma, I'm 125 pounds. And I'll never forget the look of uh, disgust, you know. And it was that point that I knew I was different when it came to my body, my weight, and how I used food at five years old. Um, so it was shortly after that that I learned to sneak food. Um, you know, it was, it was a big thing. Um, to uh, open a cellophane wrapper without anyone hearing me. It was a big thing to watch when my parents exited the house so I could scurry into the kitchen and grab that one flour and sugar product and, and take it and hide it or eat it right there. Um, you know, and, and my mom, my dad was not really aware, but my mom would always ask, where did so this go or where did that go? And I was very adept at blaming someone else, blaming my sisters or, you know, pleading, uh, plea, plea, you know, uh, not, not being able to uh, tell her, not wanting to tell her what had happened or where the food was going. Um, you know, I would, I would sneak into the, you know, as I started to get a little bit older, my tricks became even, even better. I'd, you know, sneak into the freezer and, and open the, you know, the carton of, of frozen stuff, and I would take a spoon and, you know, I, I would open the bottom and, and scoop it out of the bottom, and, you know, um, so that when somebody was going in from the top, they didn't realize it. Well, eventually, you know, the, the two shall meet, so to speak, and they'd find out. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, I just knew there was something different. I did not have a normal relationship with food at a very early age. Um, you know, again, it was that, that just sense of fear, sense of dread, that free-floating anxiety that I always felt. Um, and as I, as I got a little bit older, um, we, like I said earlier, we had lived in a, a big uh, metropolitan area, and, you know, I had friends that were close by within, you know, within walking distance, 
you know, we'd go to the park, we'd, you know, play sports. I was really into sports, baseball and football and basketball and all those kinds of things. It was nothing for us to hop on our bike, ride a mile, and, you know, go hang out for the day at the park and just had to make sure you were home for meal times. And, um, you know, as my, as my father's disease progressed and my, um, uh, my mother became more um, uh, enmeshed in, in that disease, um, they decided to, to take a geographic cure, um, and we moved from this met- metropolitan area uh, to a very rural farming community um, in Michigan. Um, our nearest neighbor was three-quarters of a mile down the road. It was a, uh, it was a, a kind of a back road, country road, gravel road, farm fields all around, so for somebody that <clears throat> was struggling with, you know, uh, who I was, what, you know, what I, you know, friends and trying to connect. And because part of the part of other than my local friends that kind of knew me when I went to school, you know, I was teased. I was, um, you know, there was all kinds of jokes that, you know, kids would 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 say with regards to the to the fat kid in school, because that's what I was there. You know, there was no question I was the biggest one in my class for, you know, not, be, not only because I was tall, but because I was heavy. Um, so when we moved to this rural community, um, you know, the, the things that I did identify with, the sports, the, the uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the adventures at the, at the park, the, you know, the games that we play, and all the things that we would do locally in this, in this metropolitan area, they're gone. Um, you know, I, 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 we, we had, we had nobody. Um, so what, what I did to entertain myself, of course, was eat. And, um, I I was 12 years old when we moved to this, to this farming community. Um, so I was just starting the sixth grade and my first few weeks in school in this, in this new community was, was pretty trying because, you know, I was talking about, uh, you know, the, the pro sports teams in the area. I was talking about, you know, the, uh, um, you know, wanting to play catch or, you know, throw the football around, that type of thing. And, and these guys are talking about tractors and cows and, you know, crops. And, you know, I just could not relate. So that, that, that feeling of, of being different was even magnified as, as we moved to this community. Um, you know, so as, as, as that started to happen, I withdrew more and more into the food. You know, being out in that area, we had to ride a bus. And at the time, my, my father still worked in the Detroit area, in the, in the large metropolitan area, and had commuted, and my mother took a job. So um, we, the kids would ride the bus to and from school, so we would get home to pretty much an empty house. So that gave me license to eat. Um, my sisters really weren't, at the time, really weren't interested in that. But me, boy, that was, a, that was freedom. And, you know, I would sit over the kitchen stink, sink and watch out the window looking for headlights for parents to come down because, you know, and being in this rural area, seeing a vehicle was kind of an event. So I knew if I saw headlights, that was probably a parent. So I'd be able to, so I'd be able to clean up my mess and hide the evidence, so to speak. Um, so I, I got through... Um, Grade school and middle school struggling. You know, my weight continued to climb. Um, by the time I was in high school, I was somewhere in the neighborhood of 260 pounds. 
Um, and it was at that time that I found alcohol. Um, alcohol, uh, although I swore, you know, I am not going to let alcohol do to me what it did to our family and what it, you know, what my father, uh, what, what happened to my father. There was just no way. But I found that, uh, I found that drug um, in, in early high school, and it's like, wow, the, the doors just opened up. I became calm. I, feel, I felt like I fit in. Um, I could talk to people. I could talk to girls. I could talk to, um, you know, I, I could be in a party and tell jokes. And so it was truly, a, you know, a, a social uh, icebreaker for me. And, and I started to use that. And, I, you know, I, I would say I probably drank alcoholically in, in high school and definitely through college. Um, and alcohol also served as an appetite suppressant for me. I could keep my weight somewhat at bay by using alcohol because guess what? You know, what I was looking for is something to, to avoid those feelings, to push those feelings away, you know? I was hurting. I don't know why I was hurting, but I was hurting, and I was miserable. And alcohol numbed and helped me to avoid those kinds of things. Um, so I, I, I kind of, my weight stabilized somewhat while I was in, 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 uh, in high school. Um, I was blessed with some athletic ability, and I had played football my, uh, my freshman year in high school. And uh, the coaches after that came up to me and said, Jim, you know, if, if you really got in shape, if you lost some weight, we would move you up. And, you, you know, you have some college potential. You're a big guy, you're, you know. And, and so my, my coaches at the time were kind of my father figures. So they, um, they kind of told me, you, you know, you, you do this, you've, you've got some really good potential. So I took it to heart. And that summer, between my freshman and sophomore year, I decided I was going to lose weight. And they said I, you needed to lose about 50 pounds. So I got um, a rubber sweatsuit, the, the kind that the, the, that the uh, um, wrestlers used to wear to cut weight. And I would wear that thing eight hours a day, and I would, um, the, the dead heat of the summer, I would, you know, ride my bike or jog or play basketball, and, you know, the, this, this rubber sweatsuit, I would, I would pull it out, and, you know, it'd be like Niagara Falls. The water would just come flying out, and um, I, would, uh, I would repeat the mantra, I will not eat, I will not eat, I will not eat. So I got very, very restrictive, and it was a, you know, it was a willpower thing for me. And I would go, you know, during the day I might have a piece of fruit or a small salad, something like that, but I wouldn't eat. And I, I lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 pounds that first summer in that two-and-a-half, three-month period. Um, <clears throat> but I became very sick. Um, you know, my body was just full of rash from, from this, this way of, of losing weight, um, fainting, dehydrated, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but I cut the weight, and I showed up that next fall, my sophomore year, as, um, you know, somebody that was in what, what they thought was in really good shape. And um, I, was, I was moved up uh, to varsity, and, you know, the, the kind of the, uh, the pattern started for um, repeat. I, I repeated that same thing the next two summers. Um, so as I, as I had lost the weight, 
showing up for school, all of a sudden, you know, people are talking to me. They're wondering what I did. You know, I'm, I'm being noticed. Um, you know, and that scared me. I was like, oh, so what did I do? I went back into the food. As I went back into the food, the weight started to come on. Um, weekends were saved for partying and alcohol. During the week, it was all about the food. So as I got through high school, very awkward, again, very alone, very isolated. Probably my best friends were the athletes that I hung out with, but I was kind of that chameleon, too. I could hang with the partiers and relate to them, but I could also hang with the academics and the athletes and relate to them. I just didn't know who I was or where I belonged. So as I got through, um, through high school, um, I was given a uh, scholarship to, to play sports and to play football in, in, in college. And, boy, then it really meant something. And I had to start taking this serious because this was going to pay for my education. Um, <clears throat> I continued to drink. I really tried to stay in shape. I tried to curb my eating. Um, but the very first year when I reported to camp at, uh, at university, um, I wasn't in very good shape, and the coaches weren't happy. Um, you know, I had to do extra um, exercises to try and lose the weight. I tried, you know, I had, I had to be put on a, what, they, what they considered a restrictive diet, um, and, you know, eventually the weight came off. Uh, alcohol became very, very prevalent again in, in college. Um, it was during that time that I started to have memory loss, blackouts. Um, there was one time during that, that four-year period where I lost two complete days. Um, and, you know, it, it worked for a while. Alcohol was able to help me curb my appetite, but towards the end, it just gave me permission to eat. So that, that um, restrictive uh, component that alcohol provided started to break down. And, you know, it was nothing to party during the day and then go get breakfast at 2 or 3 in the morning, you know, just, uh, just hit the, uh, the all-night restaurants. And, you know, that's, and again, the weight was, was a struggle. Um, I was able to stay in decent enough shape to play, but i sure it was a battle. Food was constantly there and was constantly on my mind. If I wasn't eating, I was restricting to a point where it was just constantly always there. I never forgot. Um, I, I um, did okay academically. You know, I was one of these people that I wouldn't, you know, pay much attention to my um, to my. Uh, Academic, the academic to study in, and, and uh, I would go to class. I didn't miss many uh, classes, but you know, when it came time for a, a test that was coming up, I would like, okay, I'm going to stop partying. I'm going to really concentrate, and I would I would take three days and just cram, and then I'd go in and pass the test. <clears throat> um, so that was you know that was how I kind of conducted my uh, my my college years. I had. Uh, um, you know, just uh, alcohol was starting to get me into trouble. Um, I met my, uh, my uh, first wife in my um, senior year at, at college, and it was actually in a, in a uh, kind of a uh, drunken alcohol haze, and um, we were married, you know, and I remember going into that marriage, you know, I am going to change. I am going to be different. I am going to, you know, this is going to be it. This is the catalyst I need to help me to change. And you know what? Um, 
I just got progressively worse. You know, there was different milestones in there. Um, you know, the birth of my son, happiest, one of the happiest days of my life. It's like, okay, I'm going to be different now, you know. I'm going to take better care of myself. I'm going to quit drinking, you know. And then uh, a few years later, the birth of my daughter. And, oh, this is, you know, this is it. You know, thank you, God. I will be able to change now. And guess what? I could not change. I could not change. And, you know, I, I, I kept drinking. The alcoholism got worse. Um, there wasn't a day that went by where I wasn't um, at least partially, partially drunk. My weight had ballooned um, up to 360, 370 pounds. Um, I hated myself. You know, it's hard to be a good father and a good husband when you're, when you're just so full of self-hatred. And that's, that's where I was at. And um, my, um, my wife had left a couple of times, and um, uh, eventually I got into a treatment center. And that treatment center um, helped me understand alcohol addiction, alcoholism. And you know what? By the grace of God, I haven't had a drink since. But guess what? That alcohol went down. That, those emotions, that pain had to go somewhere. So the food came back with a, with a vengeance. And, you know, I, uh, I battled with weight. I um, went to um, commercial weight loss programs. Um, uh, I went to another um, uh, 12-step program for, for food. Um, did that for 15 or 20 years. You know, this was a lifelong battle. Um, I wasn't drinking, but boy, the, the weight was, was climbing and, and out of control. And there was periods where I could lose weight, but I could never keep it off, you know? And it was always, and I look back, when I came into AFA and learned the miracle of abstinence and what it took and what flour and sugar did to my body, I understood why I could never stay on a diet. You know, I really understood that. And, you know, there, there was three times in my life where I lost over 100 pounds, but I would always gain that 100 pounds back plus some. So um, as, I, um, as I went through, you know, my recovery in, in, in AA and tried the best I could with my recovery with food and completely not succeeding at all and not maintaining um, any kind of long-term serenity or peace around food. Um, eventually, I had a, a good friend of mine that knew from um, uh, the other 12-step programs who invited me to an FA meeting. It just started in our area. And I tell you, I, I said, sure, I, I've got to do something. Uh, my world had become so small. I had been, I went to work, I came home, I sat in front of that TV in my beat-up lazy boy eating. That was my existence. That's all I did. And um, she invited me to this meeting, and boy, the first time I heard someone get up and speak, I just really felt like I was home. They talked about food addiction. They talked about what flour and sugar did to their body. It sets up an uncontrollable craving. And they couldn't stop. I so related to that. I was so grateful to hear that. So I came back. And the very next day, after that first meeting, um, somebody called. Somebody actually called. They took the time to call a newcomer that next day. It was another male. And he and I talked for over an hour 
to this day, I am so grateful for that because I don't know if I would have came back. But he helped me feel connected. He helped me feel part of the, the program, even though I had only gone to a couple of meetings. So <clears throat> after a few weeks, I kind of knew what this commitment was going to be. So it took me a while to muster up the courage to ask somebody to sponsor me. And I was... <laughs> Um, we didn't have any local sponsors at the time, so somebody gave me some numbers, and I'd call, and somebody would give me some more numbers, and finally I got a guy. And, and this guy lived up in New Hampshire at the time, and he, he and I played phone tag, and eventually we made an appointment to talk. And I knew from talking to other people in F.A. what this meant. You know, you're going to get the food plan, you're going to get the drill, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. So I said, okay. After he and I talk, I'll get all this written down, and the next day I'll start. I'll start tomorrow, right? How many times have I said that in my life? So <clears throat> I planned my last supper. I, we were supposed to talk at 6 p.m., and I planned my last supper. Okay, this is going to be it. This is, you know, I went to the ATM. My, my billfold was, you know, just full of, uh, of money. Uh, I was going to hit this joint and that joint and that spot. And I was going to go out with a big hurrah. And, you know, he and I got on the phone. He, you know, we talked. Okay, do this, do this. I'm writing it down, asking questions. Right before we hung up, he said, by the way, you're done eating for tonight. And that still gives me chills. That, he just ripped my heart right out of my chest. And if I had any reservations that I was a food addict... They were gone then because I knew how emotionally attached I was to that last binge. And it wasn't there, you know. By the grace of God, I didn't go out that night, you know, because I wouldn't be standing here today. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. Um, so that's when my abstinence started, that very next day. Um, and, you know, it's been quite a few 24 hours since I've had flour and sugar. Uh, I've been able to maintain, by the grace of God, a 220-plus weight loss for 16-plus years now. I mean, I'm a person that had 10 different sizes in my closet. I had pants from size 38 to size 58 in my closet. You know, now I have the same size clothes. Um, and it was um, shortly thereafter that I, one of, my, one of the pictures that, that was passed around was the night I gave my, my wife um, her um, engagement ring. And, um, you know, you can see, you know, we're at a restaurant, of course, and I had the waitress bring it out on a tray of something. I can't remember what it was now. But, you know, my life was tied to food. And, you know, I, I was able, thank you, God, to, once, I, once I got into this program, to put flour and sugar down one day at a time. Um, you know, my, my, my first sponsor, he sponsored me for a year and a half. You know, I went to convention. I, you know, I, I, I got in an AWOL, and I worked the steps and, you know, did my first fist step with him. And, um, you know, for some reason, he left the program. But I got another sponsor, and I wanted a strong sponsor because I knew me. I knew the kind of food addict I was. And I got another very strong sponsor. So, you know, I've been able, thank you, God, to stay in this, in this wonderful fellowship. Um, you know, I, my, my father died in this, in this program while I was in this program, you know, and um, I didn't eat. 
I was able to show up for my, my in-laws. They, they uh, both passed away in this program, you know, and I was able to show up. And I was the kind of person that I couldn't show up. Other people could show up, but I couldn't show up, you know. Um, I was able to do that. I, I, I um, watched the, the birth of, we, we have uh, four, four grandchildren now. And you know what? I can get down on the floor and I can play with these kids and I can get back up. That's the real miracle, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, I just, just so many things that I am grateful for. I have the life today that I would have never, ever expected. Like I started, you know, I was 42. I wasn't expecting to see 43. I thought I was going to choke to death or have a stroke or a heart attack. My blood pressure was 200 over 100 on medication, you know, and today I don't take any blood pressure medication at all. You know, it, it, it's, it's truly, truly a miracle. I'm able to exercise, not, not compulsively, but I'm able to exercise because I want to take care of my body today. Um, and I'm so grateful for the people that have given to this fellowship. We have such a wonderful fellowship. I love these MP3s because... We, our fellowship, even though it's, it's you know, 15, 18 years old now, um, we still, one day a month, one meeting a month, we listen to, to CDs because we, we know the value in hearing that long-term recovery and what people do to stay stopped. And that's why I'm here. I want to learn how to stay stopped one day at a time. Um, you know, I, I um, um, have the um, opportunity, if you will, um, to be, um, I, I, I work at a, a place where, you know, there's been some people that have come up and asked me uh, about this, this fellowship. Um, so we're able, once in a while, I'm able to, outside of, of FA, to talk about it. And, you know, some people have come and some people have um, stuck around. Um, most haven't, but that's okay. You know, to me, it starts with that little you know, word, you know, spreading the word and getting it out there to, you know, to people as, you know, as, as people, as this fellowship starts to spread, it grows and grows and grows. And, you know, for, for that, I am just, I am just so, so grateful. Um, our fellowship is, you know, at one time we had 60 to 70 people in our meetings, you know, um, and to see, something from the, as, as small as six to eight when we first started to grow like that, it's just incredible. It's shrunk a little bit, you know, and I, I think some people have transitioned out of Michigan, and some people um, just are not willing and ready for this tool, the tools and disciplines of this program. You know, I, I'm grateful that when I came in, I was willing because, you know, the life I was living... Um, was not a life at all. And to be willing, to be willing um, to go to three meetings a week, to take 30 minutes of quiet time, to make phone calls during the day, to do service when I'm asked to do service. To me, that's where this, this I, I ask God um, for the willingness to be able to do those things. And I'm, because you know what? People have done it for me. People have done it for us. And to give back is such a gift. It really is. So I am so thankful. I am just so thankful that this fellowship has given me the life that I never dreamed ever possible. So thank you.
Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.